What if my partner is controlling our sex life? That's today's question. Okay, so uh, guys, today's topic is a hot one, right? But what if you could actually ask us questions in a live format? Or what happens if you could ask questions um, and submit them in a very um, confidential way? Or what happens if you could get access to a how-to? That's all possible over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com and search Betrayed Addicted Expert because we're going to be hitting these topics today. But uh, you'll probably have more questions. Also, I learned this. If you go to like more details while you're listening to this podcast, you can click the link for Patreon and it's not going to stop the podcast. So you can keep listening and go find us. We are so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive after betrayal, trauma, or addiction. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. Now, why am I an expert? Because I've treated betrayal, trauma, and addiction for over a decade. Okay, I'm going to share a review. Uh, it says, I love this podcast. I just discovered it, and I've, I've been binging. It's given me the courage to approach my wife with greater honesty than I have until now. I've been sharing it with my whole family, and I think the skills and ideas discussed apply to close relationships of all kinds, not just those with addiction and betrayal. Thank you for your help. Um, the reason I wanted to share that one is <coughs> how he's sharing it with his whole family. Um, uh, we're, it's not that scary to share our podcast. You can do it. And um, I, I know it, uh, you know, the topic of what we talk about, people might think, whatever, but um, just share it with people. Um, it's helpful. So thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, so what, what if you're feeling controlled by your partner? Kobe and I have both felt this, and I know we're not alone. Oh, no, you guys are the only ones that have ever <laughs> felt controlled by Wait, your partner. Seriously? That's not what you said before we started. <laughs> it's all Kobe's fault. Right. <laughs> think about it. Think of, of uh, I don't know percentage-wise, but think of, of you know how many people feel like um, they are forced or controlled or uh, you know their, their sexuality and their sex life is controlled by their partner and there's resentment around sex. Yeah, and we're not talking like in an abusive way. We're really no. talking about like, it happens or it doesn't based on your partner. Right. Yeah. Well, well, it happening or, or you know, being a, what you do, how you explore, how, what your sexuality is. Um, it feels like, you know, I can't fully, you know, be me and be who I am because my partner either wants too much sex or my partner never wants sex. Um, and sex is a topic that definitely... Um, brings a lot of resentment into the into relationships, and I think most people, who, if not all people who have been in a marriage, have felt some resentment around sex yeah. in a relationship. And I, I'm going to say it again if I haven't already, but bringing sex, I almost said sex top over sex. I don't know what Sextember. I say. September. September. <laughs> I know how to Sextober. speak. October. We're not going two months. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No. So September. Wait, seriously? No way. And then sex-vember. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. So I'm talking about it more over on my Mama Bear Fitness account. Okay. So the audience is a little different. Okay. They don't all share my story. In fact, most of them don't. But what I'm finding is what you're saying it's across the board. People are either not having it for so many different reasons, or they're just feeling dysfunctional in their sexuality. Right. And so being able to say, Hey, let's have this open conversation and I'll keep it anonymous over there. 
is bringing out a lot of really like interesting things. Very. Yes. Yeah. That I'm like, okay, this is cool because these people don't share my story and right. they still have some hangups. Right. Yeah. I, I've never met anybody or any couple that comes together and they're, they're exactly the same way and the same person when it comes to sex. Our sex is so individual. Um, yet it's about connection. And, and so that, that dichotomy coming together is is an interesting one to kind of grapple with and and it has to do with compatibility and connection in other ways how do you how do you come to the table as an individual and be allowed to be you and express who you are and still be um, connected to your partner and not end up resenting each other it's a tricky thing okay. um, it's tricky would be like an enormous understatement <laughs> Tricky, scary, vulnerable, um, exposing, like all those things. If, if you're feeling um, controlled by a partner or you're feeling forced or pressured, pressured or um, shut down by a partner, then um, you're totally normal. And um, those feelings of longing for something else or feeling resentment or th that's totally completely normal um however those feelings uh it, when they turn into a victim role a victim stance where where you just resent and all of your all of your happiness when it comes to your sexuality is dependent upon them changing um then that shuts you down and um, it takes ownership away from from you and your sexuality. Um, you put it on your partner and say, "Well, if he weren't this way or she weren't that way, then I could be happy." Then, and th the fact of the matter is, is they are who they are. You can't control them, um, but you still have ownership of your sexuality, and you can take charge of that. What does that look like? Well, let's talk about what it looked like when we were in the victim. Okay, yes. Yeah. Ta yeah, start there. Okay. So what does that look like? Both of you are looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you want me to go? Yes. Okay, so for me, <laughs> as the betrayed, and this is my story again, so yours might be different, but for me and many of those that I've been able to help, it goes to, um, you know, we would have a better sex life or I would maybe enjoy it more or um, I wouldn't feel some of those feelings that Brandon mentioned, had he not had an affair, had he not looked at porn, right. like he is messing all of this up. Right. And I felt that way for decades. No, no, Ashton, is there some truth there to that? There is some truth. Right. Um, and the hard part is he would come back at me and um, like gaslight manipulate and say, this is your fault. Like you're, he would blame you. Yes. And, and it so was you guys were blaming each other. Totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. so I would Absolutely. take on, this like it's like one day I was blaming him and then the next day I was like oh man I am a mess like this is all my fault because yeah. he would tell me so yeah it's <laughs> it's totally true I was I mean it's really interesting how the hijacking went from being hijacked by the need to numb with sex to being hijacked in shame and then blaming mm-hmm Interesting. Pretty curious, right? Yep. The hijacking transitioned um, with just the idea of, of being, you know, rejected. And that happened in split seconds. Well, the, it's, uh, you know, 
I wonder, <laughs> I need to spit this out, um, you know, how many affairs or how much porn use or, or relapses have been justified by this resentment around sex? Oh, yeah. And you've that heard is a, that yeah. is yeah. A, a, that was one of the, um, yeah. Okay. So resentment <laughs> for me was like a, like a foundational denial um, chip, for denial you, chip. Yeah. Yes. Justification tool in order for me to act out. And it would be like, let, let me be the voice of denial for a minute though. But okay. so what if Ashton hasn't given you sex for a long time? What are you supposed to do? Honestly? Yeah. How else I'm, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah, I'm super stressed if, at work. If it weren't for her and how shut down she were and, and and those things, then you wouldn't have to look elsewhere, right? Totally. Yeah. That was exactly, those were exactly the things that went through my head. And it was, the 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 sad part about it is, is um, I was, I was drinking my own Kool-Aid. Yeah. And I was... And, and and the longer that the more time that went by, the bigger that resentment and that story and that narrative. So so came. but but right there is where where the stuckness is, is if you come back to Ashlyn and you say, look, I'm not having enough sex. What's wrong with you? Why don't you know what? Why don't we change things? Why don't That's you give me more? Like, oh, that just turns her on. Things, right? It just gets <laughs> things going. Right. No, especially not when you're acting out like there's no safety, no trust. Yeah, he's acting out. He's he's not transparent. There's no safety and trust. And then he's pouting and complaining that you need to change. You need to change. You need to change. You need to change so that we can have sex more. And in the meantime, you're you're justifying, um, you know, behaviors that, that that are that is infidelity. Right. Yeah. And and so but Ashton, from your side of things, you're saying, well, I don't want to have sex with you because all of this stuff is happening. Like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't desire this at all. Um, because of you, our sex life is broken and Kobe's doing all these things. And it's true. Some of the things that you're doing, that is on you, Kobe, right? Sure. Absolutely. Um, but were there things, Ashlyn, that you could, could have done differently rather than sit back and just blame Kobe and say, look, I mean, there's a laundry list of all this stuff you're doing, Kobe, right? Totally. So, so what could you have done differently, Ashlyn? <laughs> um, sat in that and taken some ownership. I mean, there. Let's be honest. Like both, like you said, no one comes into a relationship the same. But you, but he's manipulating. He's yeah. lying. He's breaking the very foundation of your relationship. And you're sitting here telling me, Ashlyn, that you can sit in that and take ownership of my stuff. Yes. I'm not taking on his stuff. Like what he's doing is still his choice. However, I can see that I do play a role. Like I didn't have boundaries and I didn't say, Hey, this is not okay with me. And I didn't stand up for myself. Step I, into that conflict, have those yeah, boundaries, be empowered. I had none of that. And yes. I, that was the empowerment. I had zero because of the, the blame mm -hmm. and the shifting for me. It just like kept pushing me it down. It was pretty more. oppressive. Yes. My, my gaslighting. And with time, it, it was like one, it was just like one brick after another on top of you that I would, that I would put down. Yeah. Um, like you're not enough. It was all those things. Right. And I think that's why when I did find my voice, it was this like, Oh my gosh, like I yes. have a voice and yes. it became really powerful for me yes. and it did change who I am. Um, yes. I also think part of this that I felt, and I think a lot of uh, the betrayed can feel is the f go into fear. So I feel controlled by fear. So uh -huh. I don't have control yes. over my sex life because I'm only acting out or not acting out, but 
fear 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 will not accommodating yeah and feel fear will not um help you to to feel sexual no well all. it's not connecting it's right. like i'm i'm being it's dutiful i'm doing my part as a wife right yes <laughs> that feels great yeah <clears throat> excuse me um having sex can really destroy um good sex or a good sex life right that's kind of what you're saying that's, yeah that sounds so funny though. it sounds so <laughs> backwards but when you out of that dutiful place um you know you feel used you feel taken advantage of um and don't have those boundaries that ashton it is you do have the ability to have those boundaries and i i realize the gaslighting and manipulation and all those things are tricky and um very sophisticated and hard to understand when you're in that crazy making place to be able to stand up and say, no, this is where I'm at <clears throat> and this is what I need. However, you do have the power to do that. Yeah. Right? Well, um, and it's, it's like you always say, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. And re that's really the point of us talking about these hard things through the month of sex, September. <laughs> I can't say it. I've been saying it every day. Um, because that's one of the things we miss is we just don't talk about it. Yeah. And I'm unhappy. You're unhappy. We're both full of resentment. And let's just not talk about it. Well, you said something really, I thought, <clears throat> really cool earlier, which is September is not about taking your clothes off every day. Yeah. Right? Um, it's about what, Ashlyn? Having the hard conversation. It's connection. So, yeah. um, for example, a friend said, hey, you know, before I saw this thing about September, she said, we have sex once a month. And it's because he's, you know, working so much and I'm focused on kids and we just don't make time for it. And she said, we're not doing September, but we are because we've actually started talking about why we're not having sex. Yeah. Excellent. And so I'm like, oh, you're doing it. Like right. that is it. That is the whole point. That's really cool. Yeah. I think that statement just let a lot of people off the hook. Yeah. Because the expectation is not to have sex every day, although that can totally be it. Well, that's what it's, I, I feel like I tricked people. I it, said that. Yeah. And then it was like, everyone failed. <laughs> like day seven, like 90% of people said they'd already failed. Well, <laughs> including, well, yeah, us. including us. But, but I, would, I would say it is about having sex every day. Um, it's just what is sex. And yes. sex starts long before penetration. Um, sex is about attraction and connection. And coming back to what we were talking about earlier, if I'm resenting my wife because she won't have sex with me, I resent her, I resent her. Um, if sex is about attraction and connection, how can resentment and attraction work together? They don't really. Now, as a man, I could still say, well, I still want to get off. I still want sex. So I'm going to go use your body. That was entirely me. Yeah, I'm going to go use your body so I can get off, but I still hate you. I resent you. I can't stand you. Yeah. And you can see how destructive that is. So September hopefully can be something that's the opposite of that, which is, you know what, if I'm feeling this way sexually, or I, I, let's talk, let's talk about the hard conversation, let's get used to, to, to knowing each other, maybe just from communicating verbally, mm -hmm. um, and, and so we can really understand where we're at and how we feel and who we are, and then the, the lovemaking is gonna be incredible if you can lay that foundation first. Yeah. And, and <coughs> I think there's also a, a different part of this where it doesn't always, sex doesn't always have to be lovemaking. There is such a thing as a nooner, and it is a it it is meaning it's an agreed upon sexual act 
that both parties like concede to like, okay, hey, this is a thing. And we realize that we don't have a lot of time. Like lovemaking might not have the space right now, but guess what? We can still connect. It's different though. Like I would, I would argue there still is love in there. For sure. For sure. And I'm not trying to say Because old, old quickies were very different and disconnecting and that can still be connecting. Yeah, totally. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is just because you're not making love doesn't mean that you're not connected. Mm. I, I would, I would, and, and how these are all semantics, how we word it. Right. Because I would say that, that, you know, in your relationship, you can turn sex into lovemaking every single time, even if it is a quickie, um, that, that there is a real connection. Th- there's a connection there. You, you understand what, and, 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 and healthy sex <clears throat> isn't always about both partners getting pleased. Um, it can be, it can be, Hey, I love you. And I realize you want it right now and we're connected and let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but love needs to be there attraction needs to be there safety needs to be there trust needs to be there if those things aren't there and it's it's fear-based obligation sex then it's it's the opposite of love making you're making fear um and you're making resentment and you're having sex okay yeah. i have a question okay what is the difference between obligatory sex and accommodating sex Oh, that's 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 a great question. What do you think, Kobe? Um, I, I have an answer, but what do you if, think? If so so Ashlyn, if you were to come to me and say, Kobe, guess what? Right now, I just need to orgasm. And I was like totally preoccupied up to my whatever, my, you know, earlobes and eyelids in in work, but I recognize that you're coming to me and saying Hey, listen. This is this is what I need right now. Um, I can be accommodating, realize, realizing that you trust me enough to say, "Hey, this will really serve me right now, and um, th- this is what I need." And I can accommodate you um, without feeling used. Maybe that's the difference. Actually, is feeling I think, used. I think obligatory when you say that sounds like there's not an option of mm. no, that won't work. Accommodating is more okay, like I can, I can be there for you. I can show up. Yeah. Um, and, and I can say no if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, these are semantics, but the, the, I think that the important point is this is, um, and, and I hope every single one of our audience members understands this. You are never uh, obliged or forced to have sex. That's sure. never healthy. Um, and, and at times you'll feel like, well, I need to or else they're going to act out or I need to because um, that's what a good spouse does or whatever. You're never forced to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, now, accommodating a partner because your libidos will be different. Um, your sexuality is different. That's that can be part of um, working with different compatibility and working together as to where each of you are. Um as long as you're being open and honest and boundaried, then then that stuff can can be okay. Yeah. We're going to talk more in deep dive about this specific thing, but I think what you're saying is really what one of the keys in helping us shift from the um, obligatory sex to like, I'm here and I'm showing up. And it was, it was me letting down some walls uh-huh. as well as Kobe. And saying and having those really vulnerable, like it's almost as vulnerable as sex itself to say, like, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm scared. 
I'm scared. I'm only showing up right now because I'm scared and I don't feel comfortable. Well, and for him to hear well, that. Ashlyn, those, those kind of communications and connections, they, those, those over time, if you're able to have those, they turn into good sex. Yeah, they do. Because you, you feel safety, you feel connection, you feel trust, you feel loved, <coughs> loved and cared about. Right. Right. So, right. It's that easy, right? <laughs> it's super easy. I will also give a disclaimer for myself. I did have to do some EMDR trauma work around sex because I did have some stuff that I brought in and had like my own mind was getting in the way. It was something I couldn't do through talk therapy. I had to do it. Through I, that. I've seen EMDR and I know we plug EMDR a lot, but when it comes to sex, especially sex after betrayal, um, work wonders with couples um, and, 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 you know, she, she usually has to come in pretty specific saying, look, I want to go there. I want to, I want to discuss, and, and, and it, it can get pretty deep and explicit. And, uh, when she's reprocessing her experiences with sex, where she's felt used and obligated and, and even abused sometimes sexually, and and to go there and to desensitize those things after betrayal is really really helpful, and yeah. EMDR does a good job at that. Yeah, it's for awesome. Okay, sure. I hope that one of the takeaways from this conversation is um, not have sex, but have sex through talking about sex. Be open, communicate, identify how uncomfortable the conversation might be. And you know what? For some of you, it might not be uncomfortable at all. And if that's the case, that's great. Yeah. I, th I think to sum this up, um, it's instead of playing the victim, instead of sitting in resentment, waiting for them to change so that you can be happy, um, be honest, be vulnerable, um, be empowered, overcome your shame around your own sexuality, um, be open, and, and that is what will shift you into a healthy connection and a healthy sex life in your, in your relationship um, instead of sitting back and waiting and, and, and victiming out. Yep. Awesome. All right. We'll see you over on Patreon for the rest of this podcast. The deep dive will be a little how-to. We've got uh, four steps on how to transition with this to uh, eliminate control in your relationship, but uh, really build connection. All right. See you guys. See you guys.